Shalom. We are so glad you're joining us on this episode of Our Hope. We created this podcast as a resource for followers of Yeshua, where they can learn more about Israel, the Bible, and the Jewish community. Together, we discuss Messianic apologetics, dive into Scripture, and hear stories from Jewish believers in Jesus. If you've enjoyed our podcast series, please consider supporting us at ourhopepodcast.com support. You could also help us by sharing this podcast on social media, talking about it with your friends and family, or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so grateful for you, and we hope this episode of Our Hope is both enlightening and encouraging. The guy who was leading worship started sharing his testimony, and I remember his words very clear. When he came to faith, he said, how am I going to tell my Jewish mom that I believe in Jesus? And, and I was shocked because somehow I felt the same. I was not a believer back then. And when he said that, I felt like I'm going to actually do that one day. How am I going to tell my Jewish mom that, I'm, that I believe in Jesus? Welcome to Our Hope, a production of Chosen People Ministries. For Jewish people, the decision to follow Yeshua is not an easy one. First, they may struggle with questions about the gospel, such as, how could God become a man? If Yeshua is the Messiah, then why is there no peace on earth? If Yeshua taught us to love our neighbor, then why has the church persecuted Jewish people throughout history? Another obstacle Jewish believers face is the reaction they receive when they tell their family that they believe Yeshua is the Messiah. Family members often react with sadness, anger, and sometimes even hostility. Yet, for Jewish people who have met their Messiah, they believe that whatever loss they suffer for their faith is worth it because of the peace, joy, and love that they have found in Yeshua. On today's episode, we are interviewing Multi Vaknin, who serves with Chosen People Ministries in Israel. Multi's journey of faith has not been easy, but he is an overcomer who openly shares the gospel with anyone who will listen. Multi, welcome to Our Hope. Hey, shalom everyone. How are you, Abe? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Israel. I know you're seven hours ahead, but... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll try to keep this nice and short and sweet so you can <laughs> get to bed. <laughs> nah, sure, for sure. I don't think it's going to take more than three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, hey, so you are an Israeli, but you lived, we're going to talk a little bit about you coming to New York, living in New York. Yeah. Um, I always ask an icebreaker question. So, but I'm going to ask you what your favorite New York dish is and what your favorite Israeli dish is. So mm -hmm. tell me about that. Well, I think that uh, when when I think about food, uh, I love all kinds of food. That's uh, but when typically one thing that I really enjoyed New York for was, I guess, the pizza. The New York pizza was amazing. 
you know if you know my story as well I used to work in a pizza shop as well so you know ah. I, I used to eat a lot of pizza during during my time <laughs> in New York um, and when it comes to Israeli food I I think the best is uh, for sure shawarma oh yes yeah. absolutely shawarma <laughs> in a wrap in a lafa with a lot of uh, harif you know a hot sauce yep that that works perfectly well so that's awesome I love pizza too um Now, you know, I have celiac, so I can't really have pizza anymore. <laughs> But oh, I didn't know that. I, uh, I, yeah, I have to make gluten-free pizza, which is not fun. But, you know, you just kind of eat and then just chug water to get it down. Yeah. <laughs> But pizza does have a special place in my heart. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> Multi, can you tell us a little bit about your life in Israel before you came to the United States? Yeah, um, for sure. I grew up in a Moroccan home, a Sephardic family. Uh, my dad became um, Orthodox or, you know, we say in Hebrew, Chazar like became religious when I turned 13. And I'm an only child, no brothers, no sisters, which is not very typical to a Moroccan family. But um, this is how I grew up most of my life. So when my, when my father... And when he became religious, he decided that he wanted me to be religious as well. So he started taking me to the synagogue and, uh, and practicing Judaism and whatever, whatever I could study from him. Um, the Jewish life, you know, Shabbat and, and the holidays and everything that, we can, uh, that, that Jewish people do. Um, but by the age of 16, I can say that I didn't really like the idea of being religious So I, I told my father that I don't want to go to, to, uh, to, to synagogue anymore. I don't want to take part of it. And he was, he was a bit upset, but he said, you know what? You passed your bar mitzvah. You can do, you can do whatever you want now. Um, so, <laughs> so I guess after, after, after this time, I actually did whatever I want, starting going out for nightclubs and uh, having fun with, uh, with friends and hanging out late at night. And by the age of 18, I joined the IDF, um, served three years in the Air Force. And I was completely not religious back then. Like, was very far from Judaism, was very far mm -hmm. from any kind of uh, believing in, in God or in having faith or something like that. And after I finished my service, um, those three years, mm -hmm. I decided to travel to the, to the U.S., And the interesting part is that I got my visa and that was, that was like, that was a miracle for me because when I received the visa, I had no clue that I'm going to actually have a chance to go to the States. And mm -hmm. two days before my flight, I got arrested for drug use next to my house. A few, um, me wow. and a few friends were just sitting together and starting uh, smoke weed and Yeah. And the police showed up and arrested us. And wow. that was two days before my flight to the U.S. And I remember I remember sitting in uh, <laughs> sitting in in front of the officer and, and I'm telling him, you know, I have a flight in two days to the U.S. And he's like, you're, you're not living in the next few few weeks. You're going to stay here. And then after a couple of hours, they just let us go. And, and two days after I found myself on the flight to California. 
wow. which was uh, which is a very nice journey. But now I know why I had to get to to the United States. <laughs> was part of was part of my faith of course yeah 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 well so what what led you to pick the united states because i know israelis tr- tend to travel the whole world you know after they they've finished their service with idf so for you what was it about the us well i i guess that i always had um i always had and i would say love or or hope for becoming an American, you know, like living in America. I had this dream living in New York and having my own life, maybe starting mm-hmm. a business. And I think it's a dream that I had since I was 14. And then mm-hmm. um, when I finished my service, a few friends of mine um, started working with a company that sold Dead Sea products. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what, just join us in California and work with us in the mall and sell the Dead Sea products. You can make a lot of money, tons of money. This is how they actually described it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can live here, you know. You don't need to do anything. Just just come and you have a job. You have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> right on. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, of course, it was not legal. That's uh, It was not a legal job. Most of the Israelis that come to the U.S. probably are not working on a legal job, but yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So that was California. And mm-hmm. I know that then you led, you came to New York. So what motivated you to come to New York? So remember I told you about my dream that I had when I was 16. Yeah. The dream was actually living in New York. And we, we Israelis, we see, we see New York in the movies so many times. And I guess that almost every Israeli, if you ask him what kind of city he wants to visit, he will say New York. It's just... Interesting. It's, it's something that we really appreciate, like the big city and and the life outside of Israel and and, and new culture. Right. And and after a year that I was working as a Dead Sea product as a salesman, um, I I found myself flying all the way to New York to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and and just starting my life was looking for a job and see what what's gonna what's gonna happen from there. So what did happen from there? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, I found myself in a, in a little apartment, in a basement apartment in Brooklyn, next to Bushwick Avenue and uh, Bushwick and Flatbush, I think, if I'm not wrong. It was almost okay. 13 years ago. So long. Yeah. Oh my God. And, uh, um, and I found a job working in a, in a kosher pizza shop in Manhattan. Now, I remember going to the interview and remember, I was not religious back then. I had nothing to do with religion. I was totally against it. And um, for this job, they actually asked for me to come and, and go to an interview with the rabbi, with a rabbi. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't say that I'm not religion, that I'm not yeah. religious, because I yeah. really wanted the job. It was really important for me to get this job. So uh, I went to this interview and, of course, I put the, the kippah, yarmulke on my head and I was looking like a good Jew and everything and, uh, and got to the, to the pizza shop and I met the Israeli that was working there and he, he was actually leaving his job. So I took his position. Right. And we clicked. We had, a, we had a great click together and we started talking and he really liked me and he said, don't worry, I'll get you this job. I'll talk to the rabbi and he'll, he'll probably take you. 
And then the rabbi showed up, I think, only a few months after I actually started working in the pizza shop. <laughs> so, so he was actually the guy that uh, the Israeli that was working there before me was actually the guy that accepted me to work. Wow. Now, the, this, this place, this restaurant, was not belong to a Jewish person. Um, the owner was not Jewish, um, but it was a great business for her because um, she bought it. She, she was actually a Korean, and she bought it from, uh, from a Jewish family that just moved out of the city. Mm-hmm. And it was a great business for her, but she needed someone Jewish to be in the pizza. In, in this <laughs> right. restaurant, do a kosher because it's kosher, pizza right? Someone needs exactly. to be there. <laughs> and 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 for the certificate, for the kosher certificate, she needed someone to be there. So, you know, she really liked me. I spoke Hebrew. I was uh, I was very nice to people, and yeah, I I can say from then, from there on, you know, just had great time eating pizza most of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit about like you know your first experience hearing the gospel, mm-hmm. but what before we even jump into that. Growing up, now you're in New York. What were your feelings towards Jesus or Christians? How, did was it even a thought? No, mm. definitely not. Definitely not. I I never thought that um, until this point that I came to faith, of course. But even before that, I never thought that in any point in my lifetime I would believe in Jesus. I mean, wow. we see him in, in Israel in the movies. We hear so many things about him. It's interesting that we actually, most of the Israelis know nothing about, about Yeshua, but mm-hmm. never had any idea of coming to know him personally as, a, as Messiah. Never, which was very interesting. And, and was Jesus like a curse word in your home? Like you never... Like, what, what was the, the feeling towards his, even just his name in your home? I don't think that we ever had an idea that, you know, in Hebrew, we say uh, Yeshu, which is, uh, we're not, mm-hmm. we, most of the Israelis, they say Yeshu, which is, uh, it's an acronym that okay. means may his name be blotted out forever and ever. Wow. And, but most of the Israelis are so ignorant with that, that they don't even know that it's a curse word. So somehow his name became a curse in Israel, but most of the most of the Israelis that that knows his name, um, I mean, not not believers, um, mostly mostly are scholars or people who were you know going to school or stuff like that. But yeah. um, we as Israelis never really understood the idea or the acronym behind his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So Jesus was kind of in the background for you. You didn't really think about him at all. Um, How did you first hear the gospel? Um, It's a funny story. Um, I I met, I met, uh, I met a girl in New York and back then I wanted to do photography. This is, Mm -hmm. that was, that was like, that was the reason I moved to New York to study photography and and becoming a photographer and do so many things in the city. And uh, anyways, I met this girl who was also uh, doing media. And she invited me to uh, she invited me to a Hanukkah party um, with uh, with another girl named Robin, which you probably know. <laughs> Robin. And yeah, and they invited wow. me to a Hanukkah party at uh, um, it was in Manhattan somewhere over there. And over there, I met a guy named Steve. I think he also works for Chosen People. Who he used to work for Chosen People Ministries. Steve Fenchel. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, Steve passed away actually yes, a couple of years yes, ago. Yes. Yes. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I remember I heard about that and I was so sad. But uh, yeah, because it's it's interesting that somehow his testimony is a part of my testimony because yeah, he was yeah. he was also at the Hanukkah party over there. Okay. And he invited me to a Shabbat service in synagogue, in a synagogue. And I said, yeah, I'll come, you know, why not? I want I was I was back then a photographer. I needed to meet new people, especially Jewish yeah. people, you know, weddings, bar mitzvahs. Oh, yeah, that's where it's the a good is. business for me. <laughs> exactly. I said, I'll go to the synagogue. So I remember I'm, I'm talking to my friend on the phone and I'm giving her the address. Now, she she's also a believer. She never told me she was a believer, a Jewish believer. Mm. And I'm giving her the address and she's she was quiet for a few seconds. And then she said, you know where we where you're going, right? And I'm like, a synagogue. <laughs> and then and then she said, just just be open minded. I'm like, OK, sure. <laughs> it's not like I've been I've been to so many synagogues before. It's only a synagogue. Yeah. What's going to happen? And <laughs> I remember we were going to his to his uh, congregation in New York. And uh, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in this in, inside of the congregation, and I look all around and I see men and women together sit in the audience, and I'm 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 looking at at my friend, and I'm like, oh, this is probably a reform synagogue. This is why she told me to be open-minded because you won't right. see stuff like that in an orthodox synagogue, women and men together in the same place. And then, of course, the flag of Israel, and I see all those uh, Israeli symbols and the Jewish symbols. Mm-hmm. And then I see Steve. He came out to the stage, and uh, he started saying in Hebrew. And he started, he's lifting his hands, and he started saying in Hebrew, Yeshua, bless us, Yeshua, we want more of you. And I, I, rem- I remember hearing the name Yeshua, and I was shocked. That was the first time that I ever heard his name correctly. And I'm sitting next to my friend and I'm, I'm like pounching her, you know, psst, psst. Who's, who's, who's Yeshua? Who's Yeshua? Now she looks at me and she's looks, she looks at me like with this, uh, with this look, like you came from, from space. Where are you coming from? It's Jesus. And when she said Jesus, I stood up in the middle of the service and I started to yell at her, this Jewish girl. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> That I told her, you're Jewish, how could you do this to me? You're bringing me into a church. You told me it's a synagogue. The service stopped completely. Everyone mm. looked at me. And when I found out that they all stopped, I just, I was, I felt so embarrassed. So I just sat down. I was sitting in my chair and I said, that's it. As soon as the service is going to over, I'm going to leave this place for good. I'm never going to mm-hmm. come back. And the guy who was leading worship started sharing his testimony. And I remember his words very clear. When he came to faith, he said stuff like that. He said his thoughts. And he said, "Um, how am I going to tell my Jewish mom that I believe in Jesus? And, And I was shocked because somehow I felt the same. I was not a believer back then. And he, he shared his testimony. He shared the gospel. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I felt like I'm going to actually do that one day. And I'm going to actually, sh- how am I going to tell my Jewish mom that, I'm, that I believe in Jesus? As soon as the service ended, I met, I met Ryan Corp. And, mm-hmm. um, and he and his sister uh, 
Um, his sister back then, she lived in Israel and she came to, to New York to meet the family. And mm-hmm. they gave me a copy of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I ever had this book, which was, was mm-hmm. very surprising for me. But definitely during this uh, service, that was the first time that I ever heard the gospel or, uh, or the, the real name of Yeshua. Yeah. Wow. So what happened after that point? So you, you received this New Testament. Now you know the name of Jesus. You know <laughs> you were set up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wh- what happens next? So um, I'm going home and I'm taking my, uh, my, the copy of the New Testament that I have in Hebrew. Yeah. And I'm starting reading it. And as much as it sounds funny for a lot of uh, a lot of people who probably read the New Testament, but for us Israelis that never opened the book, I remember sitting for a few minutes with the book open, and I'm looking at the name of the first book, which is of course Matthew. Right. And I'm shocked that the first book is being written by a Jewish guy named Matthew Mati. <laughs> And then yeah. I see, I see Shimon, and I see all those Israelis, and the entire story happens here in Israel, mm-hmm. and I see this Jewish book. I don't see any any. Back then in Israel, whenever you think about the New Testament, you think about a story that is so far from your from the heritage from the Jewish people, and and we hear so many bad things that there, there is an anti-Semitic inside this book, and Hitler used this book, and so many. So many things that, you know, that we don't really know for sure. And when I was reading the book, these are not the things I was expected. I was expecting to find those things in this book. Like a manual but, to hate the Jews or something yeah, like that. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. I was right. expecting for, to find phrases that says, you know, kill the Jewish people and stuff like that. Or, you know, Right. And I didn't find it. All I found was love. Wow. And... And I was I was amazed by by the way that that Yeshua was handling the poor and the needy, and by the way he was he was also handling how he was protecting them. The, these his words were something that I I could never find in, with any scripture or rabbi that I've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. And back at that point, I was like, I was shocked that this is actually a Jewish book. It's mm-hmm. not a Christian book as, as, as I thought back then. It's a Jewish book that was written by Israelis, uh, Jewish Israelis from the Galilee, from here. And I was just shocked from that. I finished mm-hmm. the entire book in a week, in five days. Wow. Because <laughs> that was the first time I've ever read the New Testament. But I yeah. had so many questions after. Yeah. So at, at what point did you realize that Jesus is your Messiah. So um, um, Ryan, he lived back then really close to the apartment where I lived. And um, he used he used to come up, to come to my apartment once a week. We used to sit together and then speak about Yeshua and then, mm-hmm. and of course, the prophecies and all of that. And um, one day he pointed me to Jeremiah 31 verses mm. 30 to 34. And I remember reading it in Hebrew, and he's reading it in English, and I'm following it in Hebrew. 
And the words over there says that God is going to bring a new covenant between the Jewish people and him, between the Israelites and him, a new covenant. Brit Chadashah. And I was, Abe, I was shocked. This, that was the mm -hmm. first time that I ever heard the words Brit Chadashah inside the Old Testament, in the prophecies. Wow. And, I, and he asked me, what, what, what does it sound like? And I said, I had, no, I had nothing. I had no words. I didn't know what to say back then. And then we read together Isaiah 53, which was, again, if, if I was shocked from Jeremiah, Isaiah was, was, was the guy that blew me away. When I, read, mm -hmm. when I read Isaiah 53, when I mean Ryan read it and I followed it in Hebrew, it was clear for me that, that this, is, this is Jesus, this is Yeshua. I couldn't say anything against yeah. it. And I remember Ryan asked me when we finished this book, <laughs> when we finished this chapter, he asked me, who does, it, who does it sound to you? And I said, you know how many people died in the history? I, I mean, I had no words. I said, it yeah. can be anyone. I, but inside of me, I knew that it was Jesus. It was clear for me that this chapter speaks about him. Mm. Um, And a few, a few days after, I, I found myself sitting again and, and reading Isaiah 53. And I um, arrived to verse, uh, verse 8. And it says over there that um, this, this character of Isaiah 53 needs to be cut off from the land of living. And I knew that this is Jesus. And I remember that day very clear. My entire body was, uh, my whole body was with chills all over my body and it felt like God was there with me in this room in the room when I was reading this chapter wow it was it was such a spiritual experiment that I don't know how to express in words it was it was like God was there and telling me everything is going to be fine it's going to be okay yebeseder as we say in, in Hebrew it'll be fine and and since that day my life changed completely That's, uh, that's for sure. What's amazing to me is that it wasn't just the New Testament that opened your eyes. It was the New Testament and the Old Testament coming together. And then it, it kind of just opened up <laughs> your eyes and your, your whole world. Like, whoa, like this all makes much more sense, <laughs> yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and for those listening, I think just, just hearing about what Ryan did he allowed god's word to reveal itself he allowed god to show himself to moti mm -hmm. um without even saying anything because ryan is just asking you questions like what who do you think that is what is this it, it was you had to discover that on your own yes rather than ryan telling you because if ryan was just telling you yes that's jesus he may not have accepted that but it was revealed to you by the holy spirit Yeah. Um, through scripture. So that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I think that when I started seeking and when I started asking questions, um, that was the part that um, that said, okay, you need to find answers for your questions. And and Ryan was there and he asked the good. He asked good questions. He had really good questions and he showed me um, prophecies that I didn't know before. They were that I didn't know they were exist before. Yeah. Yeah. So that moment that you decided to follow Yeshua, right after that moment, how did your life change? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I used to be, um, I, I came to the States and lived there for almost three years. 
from these three years, only half a year I was I was legal from those three years. So two and a half years I was illegally stayed in in the US. And um and a few months, a few months after I came to faith, it was clear for me that I need to leave to leave this country. First, because I I really wanted to serve God and study about God. And second, because I felt like a hypocrite. I felt like I know there is no blame for us who walk in Messiah. There is no shame and no blame. But the Holy Spirit convicted me to leave the country because you can't be an outlaw and say that you follow Messiah. These are not the laws. This is not what what God wants you to do. And it was a very hard time for me to leave. And I remember that I told my friends that I'm leaving. And they said, why? And I said, God. <laughs> yeah. I said Yeshua. <laughs> and I'm laughing now because I remember how they looked at me when I said that and they thought that I went crazy. Most of them <laughs> even most of them even don't talk to me right now because they know what we've done in Israel with the gospel. But uh right. but wow. still <laughs> but yeah. I, I I never I never forget what they asked me. Why are you leaving the States? You you you're doing good money here. You're making a living. You have a good life. Why are you leaving? And I remember I said, I'm doing it because I I feel like I want to please God. I want Mm. to do the right thing. (laughs) And they started laughing at me. That that was the point that actually made me move back. And then I found out that something has changed in Moti. That that was not the person that I used to be before. Definitely Mm. not. Well, that's, I mean, that's a, it's a really ironic story because you came to the U.S. illegally and because of that, you found Jesus. Yes. (laughs) I don't recommend that for everyone. Yes. But um, it was because of, you know, your circumstance in the U.S. that then you found Jesus. And I think the beauty in this story is the conviction you felt after you, you realized he was your Messiah that you, you were like, you know what, me being here isn't right. Uh, so I know this is an overused phrase, but you really can't make this up. Yeah, yeah. God works in mysterious ways. And, and, and you know, a lot of time, this is when, when I look at my life and my testimony and when I share my testimony, it always, it makes me laugh all the time because it reminds me <laughs> how God has humor and yeah, how he, yeah. he makes fun of us. We, th- know, we think man. we think we're better, but nah, nah. Yeah, <laughs> he knows better so, than like, us. Like as you're telling the story, you just can't help but smile and laugh. Yes, it's so exactly, funny. Exactly, exactly. It's so good. So uh, a couple of more questions for you. So we know that for many Jewish people who come to faith in Yeshua, their family usually does not support their decision. And you just kind of uh, talked about your friends and their reaction. So how did your family react when you told them? And then could you maybe give advice to a Jewish believer who is afraid to tell others about their faith in Yeshua? I remember the first time that I told my mom that I believe in Jesus, in Yeshua, and that was that was a shock for her. Mm. The first thing she did was crying. Now, oh. not even knowing why she 
she was crying. Like she didn't even know it was it was like it, it was the first thing she was this is how she reacted, I guess. Right. Without even knowing without even knowing who's 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 Yeshua and the story and what does it mean to believe in him. And whenever I called her, whenever we talked on the phone, whenever she called me um, to the U.S., I was back then in, in the U.S., of course. Uh, whenever she called me, it felt like someone died in the family. Mm. It felt like she was very quiet. Um, she was very depressed. Right. And I was trying to cheer her, to cheer her up, her up all the time. You know, I, I told her so many times. So many times, I'm still Jewish. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel more close to Judaism, to Jewishness right now than I was before. Right. I mean, I felt more close to God and to the... I didn't mention the New Testament, but I said I feel more close to the Torah. I feel more close to, to the law yeah. than what I was before. And it never helped. It, it didn't help. It yeah. didn't help at all. And then my dad... Uh, when he found out that I believe in Yeshua, it was uh, my mom. My mom called me one day. I was at work at the pizza shop and she started talking to me and she started to cry on the phone because of my faith. Mm-hmm. And in Israel, it was something like, um, I would say, 12. It was midnight. It was midnight. And my dad picked up the phone from from the other room. He was listening to the entire conversation and he started when my mom started to cry and when, when I said that I believe in Yeshua and everything, he started to yell at me. Mm. And he started yelling at my mom as well because she didn't told him anything about that. Um, but all of his anger that he could, he, he, he put it towards me. Yeah. And he said, I mean, he started to cry and he said that he wants me to come back home and that, that America doesn't do good things for me. Mm. Since that day... I haven't heard from him for almost a year until I came back um, to Israel. Wow. He never, he didn't spoke to me on the phone. If he spoke to me on the phone, it was, how are you? And that's it. Wow. It was only my mom. Mm. Um, he, when we talked on the phone, he wanted to announce Kaddish over me. You know yeah. what Kaddish is, of course. Yeah, but explain um, for those who don't. Okay, so um, Kaddish is, uh, is a prayer when you... When someone is died, when someone died in the family, right. so um, there is uh, this tradition of actually um, to pray over the dead person, to pray over. It. So it's like announcement in the synagogue, in the community that this guy has passed away. So wow. this is this is the Kaddish prayer. And he wanted to and do my that father, prayer over you. He wanted he wanted to do that. He wanted to do that in his uh, in his synagogue. Um, after that, I I feel I realized he didn't do it. Yeah. After after a year almost. But we haven't spoke for an entire year. And, you know, I, ha- I don't have any brothers or sisters. Oh, the- wow. This is all they have. It's me. This is all I have is them. Mm. And I told them all the time, I don't, want, I don't want you to shove me off. I'm here. Yeah. But it was really hard for him to accept it. Mm-hmm. Really hard for him. And as a device for young believers who believe in Yeshua secretly... I can say that these things takes time and um, sometimes it can take more than, than the expected time that we're thinking of. And, right. and we need a lot of prayer and a lot of time to understand um, who we are in front of God 
how can we serve him yeah and and how can we serve the family how can we serve our family to show that our faith is not not um, um, a Christian faith I don't know if to say Christian faith or it's not, it's not a religious it comes it's something that comes from a heart it's not a religion yeah and and just hold on and take the time before you go and, and share it with your family grow up in the Lord understand the Bible understand Yeshua your calling take your time yeah that's awesome that's awesome mm-hmm Thank you for sharing your story. So Malti, you're at a point where you've accepted Yeshua as your Messiah and you realize he is the Jewish Messiah for the Jewish people and for the world. So what led you to want to share the gospel both personally but also professionally? I'll, I'll even use that word because this is your life now of sharing the gospel with others. What convicted you to... begin doing that when I arrived Israel after um, uh, after after this year that I haven't talked to my dad um, I remember that I was sitting in the air in the in the airplane it was the Al airplane mm-hmm. flight to Tel Aviv from New York I had no idea what I'm gonna do in Israel nothing no clue how I'm, I'm going back to this country that I haven't seen for almost three years right three years and I I've I don't know people I need to know what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. but I wanted I knew one thing I wanted people to know not only people I wanted Israelis I wanted Jewish people to know that Messiah has come mm-hmm. because growing up in a synagogue growing up in in the Jewish life as an anticipation for Messiah that never shows up or never you never come I can say never you know we're always waiting for him in Passover we're waiting for him during our, our prayers but it was it was something that was deep inside of me that says he has come he's here yeah and we need to share this with our Jewish people with our Jewish brothers and sisters and with the Israelis because we can't live we can't live it like that yeah this is this is a uh, um For me, it was like it was like a fire that was needed to be here in this country in Israel because I was shocked as as a Jewish Israeli that I had lack of knowledge of the Bible of the New Testament mm-hmm. of, of the Jewish of the of the I would say the messianic faith. I had nothing. I had no idea that uh, that in any point I'm gonna come to Israel and start sharing the gospel in a way that, That I did of course but I knew one thing I want to do it this is what I want to do and I most of the people that I speak with them about uh, new believers that come to faith Israelis or Jewish people for, for some reason this is this is the first thing they want to do is to share their faith mm. right away because we feel like someone hidden something from us wow. this is exactly how it feels. Yeah. like we don't want you to know that and this is not only on one person it's something that goes on the entire people of Israel mm-hmm. it's it's an entire Jewish people that somehow we missed Messiah and and the Gentiles received it and yeah 
No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, hold on. This is not the story. So I wanted to come back to Israel and uh, and correct that. Yeah. <laughs> As a one-person show, but you know. <laughs> As a one-person show. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. It's so interesting because um, when you think about a Gentile who um, becomes a believer, usually family is okay with it. Usually friends are okay with it. But then when a Jewish person becomes a believer in Yeshua, all of a sudden everyone's like weirded out and they're like, what, what are you talking about? You know? Mm -hmm. And I understand what you're saying of the Jew, like when a Jewish person comes to faith, all they want to do is just shout it from the rooftops. I've never heard it that way. I, I see it now as they feel like something has been hidden from them and man, <laughs> I think about good TV shows or like a good movie that you never knew about and then you watch it and you're like, oh my gosh, why doesn't, why is nobody talking about this? You know, and you just want to tell this everyone is, you become an evangelist for the TV show, you know? This is a great example. Yes. Yeah. This is exactly how it feels. Yeah. Now I have to see it and I want everyone to see it as well. Right, right, right. right. You have to be a part of the journey with me, you know? So it, it's just, it, it's incredible to be on this side, watching all of this happen as I'm not, a, I'm not a Jewish uh, person, but I feel called to be in Jewish ministry um, in this season of my life. And it's been an honor to watch Jewish people come to faith, to see them see Jesus as their Messiah, and then to watch them just full out sharing the gospel, man. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, uh, I'm honored to sit here with you and listen to your story and just to watch how you feel led to share the gospel in Israel. Many of the listeners are um, excited and they're cheering you on and praying for you. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast episode and really excited for people to just hear your story. Thank you for having me. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew chapter five, verses 11 through 12. Messianic believers often feel alone in their faith, but God is with them in the midst of their suffering. They show us what perseverance under pressure looks like. And one of the reasons they persevere is because they desperately want their family and friends to know Yeshua. Please pray for the Messianic Jews around the world as they hold on to their faith and share the gospel with the Jewish community. Thanks for listening to this episode of Our Hope. This episode was made possible thanks to Dr. Mitch Glazer, Nicole Vaca, Grace Sweet, Kyron Bautista, and Multivagdan. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Our Hope. If you like our show and want to know more, check out OurHoPodcast.com or ChosenPeople.com. See you next time.